Good evening. It's Victoria with Dream Dogs and also Victoria with, uh, who is the executive director of Hope Service Dogs. So hello, hello, good evening, uh, good morning, good afternoon, depending on when you're listening and where you're at. Uh, we do these as Facebook Lives on Tuesday night at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training Facebook page. And then what we do is we also prevent puppies from eating shoes while we're doing it. Uh, but then what we do is we upload it usually the next day. Sometimes it takes a couple days uh, up to uh, our podcast, which is called How to Train Your Service Dog. So we also upload it to YouTube at that time too. And YouTube will do the um, closed captioning for us for free. So we like to upgrade to YouTube. It is a show for people who have disabilities. So we want to make sure that everybody's covered. Uh, tonight, what are we talking about? We are talking about, hey guys, uh, we are talking about Django at 17 weeks, what we're doing with him, and Candy, what we did with her yesterday. And then we're going to talk about Nipopo a little bit more, okay? So Django at 17 weeks, we had him at the vet today for his last puppy shot. So they don't have to see him back for a year, which is nice. He also weighs 40 pounds, which means in the last month-ish since we've been there, he has gained 12 pounds, 12 pounds a month. So I asked the vet, I said, well, how big do you think he's going to be? Because people ask me that all the time and I don't know. And she said, ah, you can't tell. But he has big paws and I just kind of rolled my eyes because so does Gypsy and everyone thinks she's still a puppy and she's almost two. She's not growing anymore. Uh, I did look, I like Instagram. So you can find us on Instagram. Uh, we have a bunch of different ones. Uh, so you can search up Dream Dogs. Uh, and Candy has one, and Gypsy has one, and Django has one, and Roma has one, and The Ranch has one, and Hope has one. So we've got a bunch of different on Instagram. And what you can do uh, is subscribe to a tag. So I have Ot Vitosha, which is his kennel name. And I just saw one, and it was 80 pounds. And not an ounce of fat on this stock, right? But he was 80 pounds. So I was like, Okay, <laughs> I'm guessing Django will probably be around 80 pounds then. A um, couple things I didn't like. I like the vet. That's who we've been going to since we moved here just about three years ago. Uh, he's a four-month-old Malin. So the vet tech comes in and kind of assumes he's a German shepherd. She keeps calling him shepherd, and I'm kind of like, he's not a German shepherd, you know, and telling us how his mask isn't going to be as dark and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, I didn't ask you about any of that. But that's okay. You know, like personally, I was like, whatever. What I didn't like, though, is she was getting in his face. Now, I'm going to give y'all a word of education, which is don't put your face in a strange dog's face. That's how you get your face bit off. Okay. So she's putting her face right in Django's face. She's giving him kisses. And I kind of want to see what all he's going to put up with. Um, you know, he I do it to him all the time. He was in a great mood. I wasn't terribly concerned, but I'm thinking to myself, honey, you do this with multiple dogs every day. And if this is how you treat all of them, it's not going to be too long before your face gets ripped off. So the vet tech does it a few times. She's giving him kisses on his little nose and don't do that. You don't know him. This is the first time you've ever seen him. And she's, you know, she's nosing to nosing him. And, you know, the vet comes in and as we're talking, because, you know, we, we talked about some different stuff. Uh, but as we're talking, she said that the last Malinois they had that was in, and, you know, they had told me this before, too, uh, you know, one of them had bit the vet tech's face, like bit the dog, bit the vet tech in the face. I can see why. I mean, you can't say it's the dog's fault. When you're sticking your face right there, what do you expect? And we're going to talk about that today um, because I have a new analogy for you. Um, cooler for dogs, of dogs is dogs. You'll find out. <laughs> Remind me if I forget to, to go there. But you've got to practice some some common sense first, okay? And common sense is don't put your face in a strange dog's face. Like, I will put my face in Jenga's face and give him a kiss on the nose because he's my dog. I've had him for two months. I know him. And if he latches onto my lip, well, that must be my fault then, right? but not a dog that you've never seen before. And some clients, when they come out, they kind of get a little peeved that I don't give their dog a whole bunch of cut loving and kisses. 
I've never met their dog before. Usually the dogs who come out here are a little bit on the obnoxious side. I'm not going to get my face in their face. I, you know, that was one of the tests that Rich would do for the people who wanted to come in and work for us as trainers is he would let them interact with Arrow and see what they did. And if they put their face in his face, it was a no-go and he'd tell them why. Is safety, you know, basic, basic safety, guys. But, you know, that's how far removed it is anymore is people don't understand basic safety. They don't understand that you don't put your face in a dog's face, okay? Um, and then what happened later on is, I hate saying this, but it's what happened, is Django's lying down. Like, he was, like, all excited and bouncing around, right? And like I said, we're talking. So he's laying down. He's just falling asleep. And then that comes over and, and riles him up. And I'm like, if he's sleeping, what's the old adage about sleeping dogs, guys? Let sleeping dogs get annoyed by people. No, let sleeping dogs lie. You know, his tail starts going because, you know, someone was paying attention to him. But let sleeping dogs lie. Don't get in another dog's face. These are two really easy, basic, simple concepts that even children should be aware of, but they're not, and adults aren't either. So sometimes, you know, the people in the pro field can get a little cocky, but you've got to understand, guys, this is not your dog, okay? This is not a dog that you know. This is not a dog that you're comfortable with. And even if you think you are, don't, because that's whenever people get bit in the face. Okay. And then what happens? What happens? We're there. Django isn't there just for shots. He's in there because he hurt himself and he's limping and he's in some pain. And the vet is like, oh, I remember him. He's a cute little puppy and gets in his face and he takes a bite out of her. Is it my fault or is it her fault? I'm going to ask you guys that. So if you're on here right now, if you're not on here and you're listening to us later on, just think about that for a second. You're with your dog. Somebody gets in your dog's face. Your dog bites them. Whose fault is it? Is it your fault for letting that situation happen? Is it your dog's fault for being the one to bite in the first place? Or is it the vet tech's fault who should know better? It's all your faults, but it's mostly yours. <laughs> because you have to advocate for your dog. And yes, I kind of wanted to push to see, because I knew Django was going to be fine today. And brings us to the next thing. I want to tell you about what happened at Gold School. Her fault. Well, see, so she should have common sense. They don't always have common sense, right? And it, I hate saying that, but it's true. The vets, we had a vet, we had a dog. Her name was um, Cody. And she did not like going to the vets, right? So what happened is uh, we told them we need to muzzle her. My mom and I were there. My mom and I could handle her. It wasn't a problem. So we go to the vet. Do you have a muzzle? Oh, we don't need a muzzle. She's fine. And then the vet leaves like this with her hand clenched in her other hand. We're like, what happened? Yeah, she had got bit right here in the webbing between um, index finger and thumb. We told her to, to muzzle. So that's why when we had Arrow and we go to the vet, we would always muzzle him. We'd muzzle him there with one of their muscles because I didn't have one for him because I had others. I mean, if we needed to, I could muzzle him, but we would muzzle him there. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting her fault, her fault. It's provoked on um, vet tech. She's a professional. She'd know better. She should. But does that change anything? Giving it fault to the vet tech still has your dog now has a bite record. Now, as a pro, this is one thing I'll tell my clients is if it's my fault and I caused your dog to bite me, it's on me. If you're here with your dog, say in a group class, and your dog attacks somebody, that's on you because you're in control. But really, I'm still in control, so I have to do that. So we had a dog who came to group class for the first time this weekend, and I made sure that that dog stayed far away from the other dogs. And I made sure I told the class that that dog should be stayed away from. But you still have to advocate for your dog, even if it's a vet tech, even if you're funny about it. Because here it comes. You guys ready? What if it was a kid? And that's kind of what I want to see what my dog's going to do if... We're walking down the boardwalk and we sit on a bench and some crazy person out of nowhere comes running by, stops, could you accuse my dog and run off? Well, that never happened. It did happen to Arrow, right? Like these people are weird. You know what else happened to Arrow that was really weird? We're sitting at Sam's um, talking and waiting for Rich to finish up shopping. And someone comes by and just gives him food, doesn't ask for it, just comes by, leans over, gives him food and leaves. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You don't just go up and give a strange dog food. And I'm like, and you don't take it. And he's like, yeah, I do. Uh, Jackie says, 
I'm always telling my daughter this, don't want to be a habit for her. So I even discourage her from doing it with our own our dogs. And so she naturally keeps her face away. That's awesome, Jackie. One of the things that we'll do is in the crates when we're getting them out, we make sure we keep our head above the crate and it's a wire crate so we can see in because this is important and I don't want to get this bit. Okay. Um, but that's awesome. Pam says, I think a better vet tech should know better. That's the thing they should, shouldn't they? You know what um, someone I was talking to was saying is that vet techs a lot of times get very cocky. Vet techs think they know better than vets. They know way more than humans do. Those peons who call themselves dog owners. Uh, but you still, you have to advocate for your dog. So if it would have been a, um, I'm in here for an emergency thing, it would have been hell no. I will hold him. You will stay away from him. You can't put the thermometer in his butt. I have his head the whole time, right? Because you still have to advocate for your dog. And sometimes things surprise you and you're not like anticipating that that would ever happen in a million years. But, you know, that's two where you have one situation. Okay, like I said, he did great. So now I know if a kid gets in his face or a kid wakes him up when he's sleeping, he should be good provided, right? There's always those ifs, ands, or buts. Um, because at Nipopo's school, when we were in gold school last month, he was only three months old at gold school. And it was like exactly a month ago. But he, we were there for a solid week. For seven days, we were in Missouri. And it was too much for him. And he was tired and he was cranky. You know, he didn't have gypsy to play with. He didn't get a chance to run around outside. It was work, work, work. And even though he dozed while he was on my lap, it wasn't the same. And he did absolutely amazing. He did so much better than I expected. But he was sleeping and one of the girls uh, in my arms, so I couldn't see, I thought he was awake. And one of the girls kind of gets in his face and wakes him up from sleeping and he snarked at her. And I don't blame him. Like don't wake up a sleeping dog. Don't get in his face. Honestly, she had a hat on. If she wouldn't have had a hat on, who knows? But he was starting to get grouchy. He was done. Put a fork in me, I am done. And it is not his fault. And uh, one of the people there said, Bart, we've seen this dog starting to snark off. She wants this dog to be a service dog. Is this dog going to be a good service dog? And he says, yes, with her, he will be a good service dog. She knows how to deal with this. Yeah, I do. And I have something to tell you about that today, too. And that has to do about cooler, cooler, okay? So remember that. Um, so, yeah, they should know better, but they don't. So we always have to assume that everyone we deal with is stupid, <laughs> which is bad, but still. Uh, Maddie says, should handlers have liability insurance in case something like that does happen? Dogs are dogs, and you never know. And that's it exactly, Maddie. Advocates for our dog, which means when I'm at Universal, like I was at Universal yesterday with Candy, no, you're not allowed to pet her. I don't care. You're not allowed to pet her. And we have to be proactive. No, stay away. So it was Candy's first outing at Universal, her third outing in total, first time at Universal. We hit both parks, and first time in her mobility harness, and first time wearing booties. Talk about the trifecta. She did absolutely amazing. Not only that, but being dizzy and out of it, because I'm in my wonky times right now. Um, so if I start not making sense, just tell me I'm not making sense, because that's one of the side effects of it. Um, but we, and, and I kind of lose my train of thought more when I'm in my wonky times. And what happens is, is I have neurocardiogenic syncope, and I'll get pre-syncopal often, but I go through, I call them my wonky times. And it's about six to eight weeks of hell where I'm dizzy and pre-syncopal for most of the day. So like I've been sitting with my feet up most of the day. Um, I need to go back to sleep. Sleep cures it, but you can only sleep so much. Um, and we've had a very busy day. So it's that time of it with podcasts. If I'm a little out of it with videos or whenever we meet up in person or group class, no, I'm trying my hardest, but this is taking more spoons than usual. Uh, so we have to be proactive. So Candy did absolutely amazing. And if she wouldn't have been there to help oomph me, because we are in the park. And if you guys are familiar with Universal, we started off on the Universal Studio side, took the Harry Potter train around, went to Seuss, um, did the carousel and did the fish ride. And then I'm finishing the fish ride. And I don't know how I'm going to exit the park and get to, we park valet. So that's closer, but still, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get over there. I was not feeling good at all. So we got up to Cinnabon or Starbucks right beside each other. And I got a frozen chai because I don't have a Starbucks close. So that was good. It was a nice treat. And I'm like, okay, I'm feeling better. As soon as I got up to start moving, I'm not feeling good again. So, uh, so it was, for me, it was 
one landmark to the next landmark to the next landmark and um, Candy having on that, that harness to help with the momentum um, the Ford Momentum Pool really helped out tremendously. And we, did, we do need to do work with that, but she was doing so good. And if it wouldn't have been for her, it would have been, you need to, I need a wheelchair. I, I can't, I just, I'm not functioning at this point. So dogs are dogs, you never know. So that's why we have to be on top of things, which means times like that when I'm wonky, it's really difficult, you know? And I hope that people won't be a jerk, but that's also why it's so, so, so important that when you take a dog out in public, that that dog is bomb-proof. And if not, that dog should be muzzled. You know, people will all oh, put a vest on them saying, do not approach, do not touch, trust me, it does not make a lick of difference. We've done it with service dogs. You know, all it does is, oh, it's a vest. People, Some people might think it's a service dog, and some people might know it's not. Um, Pam says, in dealing with Mac, I've learned to be very careful, and I advocate all the time. Pam, I am so proud of you about that. Uh, I love that. Um, Michelle says, my dog, my rules don't like your problem, not mine. Exactly, Michelle. Um, now, having a Doberman out, I only had a couple people last to pet, which was nice. Um, but we got so many comments about the shoes, 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 shoes. Usually when we're at Disney, we'll hear it in Spanish a lot, but we didn't, I didn't hear it in Spanish yesterday. Um, Cheryl says, yes, they do. They think they know it all. We just went through this with Marvel yesterday at the vet, right? It is so annoying because you don't like, she's telling us, like I said, she, it's so weird. She's telling us about this black mask on Django and that it's going to fade. And her shepherd was really black in the beginning at first and, and not anymore. And Rich and I kind of look at each other. So he starts talking what he most Malin was. You know, Richard, have a white spot on their chest. And he only has a couple white hairs for a Malinois. That's a little different and unique. And like, even I know this is how you tell color. Are you ready? In, in my breed. Goldens, when they're puppies, their ear color should end up being their body color. Because usually they're lighter when they're puppies from what I've seen. Right? So you want to look, ear color is going to be body color. For the males and the shepherds, if their coat is black and brown, mixed up, it'll probably turn more brown. But it might say that nice coppery type hue. Um, but if it's black, it's probably going to stay black. Okay. Uh, but of course, that's not rocket science. Hey, you don't know. Um, Carl says with Waylon, the biggest issue is him not seeing people and it startles him. Yep. So Carl, what I would do with him is tell him what's going on. And I know you talk to your dogs. So that's a great time, you know, hey, Waylon, to let them know that you're talking to him, right? Hey, Waylon, so-and-so's coming. Or tell them to stomp or tell them to, you know, like, you know, those um, anklets that have like the jingle balls, get those, like, ding a ding a ding a ding a ding a ding um, Nicole says, I was at a hotel recently and the manager banged on the door and woke my service dog in training up. He claimed it wasn't a real service dog because he barked. Is there a way to train him not to bark when startled out of his sleep or was he completely just out of line? He banged on the door with the intent of making him upset. Okay, here's something else. Your service dog barks which they're going to, it's their dogs. We don't want to have annoying repetitive barking or anything else, but here's one of the things you do. He was barking to alert me that you were at the door or that there was a crazy person at the door, right? Cause he was, uh, you know, you can practice when your dog's asleep, waking him up, but that's kind of the whole, you give the dog a bowl of food and you keep pulling it away and like putting your hands in it, making sure your dog doesn't eat the hands. No, that's freaking annoying. Stop doing that. I hate that. I want my dog to be able to eat out of my hand and I can remove the hand and I don't lose any fingers or I get any holes in my hands. I want to be able to add more food to the bowl. I do want to be able to take it away from him. While he's eating, I will lift it and then lower it and remove it. And he's like, what? So sometimes when we're training, that's how I'll do it is because I don't want to touch the food is I'll just let him eat some and, or I'll just sprinkle some on the floor. I don't want food aggression, but the people who piss off their dogs with it are going to get food aggression. Um, so for this one, yeah, he was out of line, especially it was a service dog in training. It was silly. Uh, Jackie says, I have a rehab dog that needs a kennel cough vaccine so he can come to work with me in some places that insist on the vaccine. The only problem is he's nervous of people he doesn't know. And vets are often the worst at their approach with dogs. Oh my God. Tell me about it, girl. I know I could just get him to have it. He's a small breed. Have him confident enough to handle having a vet in his face. So Jackie, I, I know what you need. What you need is either Casey Cover or Mark McCabe stuff. And what it is, is it's the condition relaxation stuff. And what it does in a nutshell, and I can either work with you or you can work with them, is 
it breaks it down into piece by piece so the dog can handle it. So we dissect everything into the smallest component, we build on it. And we take down the stresses, right? So I use a lot of name and explain with this. Um, I'll do it. So, I mean, it's a kennel cough too. So you can give the kennel cough vaccine if you want to buy it over the counter. Because you're in UK. I assume they, they sell those over the counter in UK. They sell them here. We can do all vaccines on our own except for rabies. Rabies need to be done by a vet because, you know, legal. Or when you're there, say, how about I give him the kennel cough vaccine and then you do it. And I used to do that with Arrow too. He was much better with me giving him a shot than the vet giving him a shot. But when he got neutered, we needed to do a IV before he went under. So the vets here, this is a, well, just about a year ago. The vet's out here for it. And I got a muzzle on him. And I'm holding on to him. And he pops the muzzle off. And he's freaking out. Okay, that's not going to work. That says, do you want a towel? Yep, we got a towel. Wrap the towel around his head and hold it tight so he can't get away. Okay. So we do that. He's freaking out. He's freaking out. I said, okay, stop. We've tried it your way. Now I'm going to try it my way. And what we're going to do is I'm going to tell him exactly what's going on. So he sat there. I said, okay, buddy, it's okay. I understand this is what's going on. We need to give you this shot in the arm right here in your arm. And I touched it right here in your arm. So if you let the vet give you the shot, you know, I'm here with you. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'll, I'll be with you the entire time being truthful with them. But we have to, you have to let them give you the, the shot in the arm. Which arm do you want it? Basically. So good, 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 good until the, the, the needle touched his arm. Good. Whenever he shot it in and then good when he pulled it out. So that bridging, the good, 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 that sounds like I'm stuttering. I'm not stuttering. That's what it is. It's the first letter. You can also do like um, X, 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 is a common one that they'll do. Um, but I like the good because it makes sense with what it is. But you can do any hard consonant sound and, and just let him know what's going on. So Waylon, if someone's walking by, good, 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 and then they're gone. You still want to bridge after they pass. Good, 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 type of thing. Um, for Mac, that'd be good as well. If you're still on here, Pam, um, that would be good for him too. How awful for someone to do that to your dog, right? Some people, it's just crazy. So, um, so yeah, so we were at the vet, like I said, and, and it went good. Now we had um, Candy Universal yesterday. Sunday, I took Gypsy. And I'm um, Karen Tocosi, and we went out to eat. And then we went to the store and got stuff to make eggs benedict and pina coladas. Um, we didn't eat them at the same time, though. But we could have. And uh, I didn't have her vest because Rich had it in the Jeep. So she went almost naked. She had a slip lead and her, her um, actually not even hers, um, one of Karen's leash glides. Uh, so we had that. And she did amazing. She's gypsy. She always does amazing. Saturday, then we went to Ocala Comic Con with Jenga. And he did a fantastic. We did, I think, three or four hours at the Comic-Con. We went out to eat. Then we went to Sam's because they were supposed to, I had ordered online. They were supposed to have it ready. Well, after an hour and a half, we found out they didn't have it ready. Um, but he did amazing at Comic-Con all. When we got there, Gypsy does not care much for people in costumes. She's never has. Even as a puppy, she was always a little bit like, this is crazy. Uh, but we get there and we're still in the car. We haven't even parked yet. And I'm seeing the fairly odd parents people go by. I'm seeing people with wacky hair and wacky costumes and giant staffs and weird heads. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't bring Gypsy. But Jenga just didn't care. I had some treat, treats on me. We went, we got our tickets. We ate, we walked around. We met up with some people that we know, which was awesome. Holstein was there. So that was great. It's always good to have a solid doggy friend who can help you out you know, whenever it's your dog's first time. So, um, so Django was just amazing. We got some good pictures of him. He was very focused on me. Um, we did get people asking what breed he was. Uh, we did get people asking to pet him. No, he was working on focusing on me and ignoring the distractions. And he was absolutely amazing. And then going out to dinner afterwards, still absolutely amazing. I could not be prouder of how good he did. Uh, not sure, Jackie says, if the kennel cough is available over the counter here. I did suggest I gave it to the dog, but they weren't forthcoming. Well, that's silly. Um, Jackie, if you have other dog friends over there who like vet techie types, see if they have it. I know Jeffers here has it. Um, Doctors Foster and Smith used to have it. We have a store called Tractor Supply, um, and it has farm stuff. That's where you need to look as a farm supply store or just Google. Google kennel cough. 
vaccine dose UK and see if you can find a place and just order it. Because it's probably the nose one, right? Like it's not that difficult. They just don't like to give out money sometimes too. Um, Maddie says, any tips for advocating for your dog when you struggle with anxiety? So that's one of the problems with having a dog for anxiety because it's going to bring you that extra attention that you don't want. And I wish there was a better way. I wish I could say, get a Doberman and crop the ears. I wish I could say, get a vest that says, service dog, leave me alone, dummy. But it doesn't work. We've tried different types of vests. We've tried different types of dogs. And people come up no matter what. It seems black dogs don't come up as much because they look like hellhounds possibly. I don't know. Um, but, you know, they come up all the time. And you have a happy, friendly dog because he's working with you. And it's annoying. It's freaking annoying. But I really, I don't have an answer for you, Maddie. And I hate that. Um, one thing you could try is have cards done up. Um, like business cards typed on up saying, you know, my name is dog's name or an alias. If you want to, my name is James Bonds. I am Black Lab trained for this. Talking to people gives my handler anxiety. Leave us alone. Look up more service dog information on how to train your service dog podcast and Facebook group. Right. And then whenever keep them in your pocket as people approach you and are going to talk to you, just give them the card and walk away. Just give them the cards and walk away and see if that helps anything. It might or it might not. I don't know. Um, but try and see. Yep, the one in the nose should look into it. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks for the explanation. It sounds weird, but it's, and you'll feel silly doing it, Jackie, but I swear it's the awesomest thing for issues like this. I don't use it for everything, but I've used it a few times on dogs that have been absolutely amazing, and you could not believe it. And there's so much more to it. So Casey Cover. K-A-Y-C-E-C-O-V-E-R, Sinalia, S-Y-N-B-A-L-I-A is her website. And then Mark McCabe um, is the other one. Now, Casey has an, a DVD. Um, she has some online stuff. Her stuff is harder to understand. Mark worked with her for a while as she was developing it and, and teaching her courses. And then he, his stuff is easier to understand. Um, they're totally different personalities. And, uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm certified in hers and I've taken one of his, he does have online courses. Um, I I've taken one of his, um, I did my course. He was up there. We hung out together for the week. Whenever I did Casey's course, he was there. Um, you know, so I can help you with the things. Um, so we can do that. Um, Pam says I'd mack the vet with his muzzle on and he was sedated and they didn't want me in the room. Oh, I like when they try that. Um, they've never done that with arrow. I don't think. You know, let me take him away. Sometimes the dog does better away from the owner. Sometimes they don't. It depends on the dog. And I'm not saying like it's because you're a bad owner or you're a good owner. It just, it depends on the dog. It depends on the owner. It depends on what's going on. We'll get a lot of times, well, my dog is terrible if I try to do his nails, but I take him in somewhere and they can do it with no problem. Yeah. Um, I should have insisted I stayed, but I didn't. They still didn't draw blood and he was loopy. They said he growled a little, really? This was the second time. I think if I stayed, he would have been fine. Well, next time, Pam, advocate for it. He's he's sedated. He's muzzled. And this is from when we first started working together. They still haven't been able to draw blood to heartworm test him. If they can't heartworm test him, just if if they think he might have heartworms, see about doing the treatment, the slow kill treatment, which is, if I'm not mistaken, it's a heartworm preventative, which you guys know the heartworm preventatives don't actually, I'm not a vet. Heartworm preventatives don't actually prevent heartworm. It kills three months worth of heartworms. So you, you technically don't have to give your dog a heartworm pill, heartworm dosage every month. Um, you can do it a little further in between, depending on the area of the country that you're in. Um, but it's not a preventative, which is what they call it. It's heartworm treatment. But it's that and a doxycycline once a month. I think, I want to say for 18 months. You know, if they think he has it and they can't get that blood drawn, you know, just can we treat him for heartworm? Would that hurt anything? Because I believe doxycycline is also maybe the treatment for Lyme too, Lyme's disease. Um, Maddie says, we're all over tonight, guys. Um, yeah, I think I need to do that. And someone mentioned using headphones while you're out gets less people talking to you. But I'll get some cards again. I'm just better handing them out. But thanks, Victoria. I appreciate it. You can always put Dream Dogs on the cards too, girl. I'm always up for that. Um, so, yeah. 
headphones. Yeah, you could do headphones. That'd be good. I found if I'm with somebody else talking to them, people are less likely to approach me. But if I'm on my own or just me and a dog, people are way more likely to approach me. So you can pretend like you're talking to somebody. Come <laughs> Like, oh, that woman's crazy. I'll leave her alone. Ha, ah, bonus. Michelle says, yeah, that doesn't work with Oliver. If anything, I tend to get more attention. And Pam says, no, he's been on prevention the whole time. We went with ivermectin. Okay. So, yeah, then why do I need the blood draw just to have one done? Because that seems kind of silly if he gets so stressed out over it, you know? Like, ideally, yeah, but... Um, okay, so that's... Keep keep commenting, you know, feel free to. But I want to get to um, something I've mentioned a few times, and that's cooler. And I want to give you guys an analogy and see what you think of it. So there's something called layered stress, okay? Layered stress, and what layered stress is, is... All the stress that builds up in your dog, and that's whenever he snaps. Dogs or dreamk9.com. Dream, D-R-E-A-M, the letter K, the number 9.com, or both. And yeah, yep, good. Um, layered stress. So, you know, it builds and it builds and it builds. And people have tried to explain it, and it's weird. The first time I had it explained, it was like stacked on top of each other, and I'm like, it's a what now? And then I had somebody was assigning at random numbers, like it's 60% this and it's 3% this. And I'm like, well, how do you figure out how much of a percentage this is for your dog? So I've been tweaking a little bit, but I think I came up with one and I'm hoping you guys understand it. So let me know. So here it goes. Why do some dogs explode? Why did Django have a problem last month whenever someone was getting in his face while he was sleeping? And he didn't today, one month later. Okay. And what does that mean? Okay. What it means is your dog is a cooler. Your dog doesn't have a cooler. Your dog is a cooler. And you guys know what I'm talking about, a cooler for drinks, right? So you can go and you can get maybe a can koozie, right? And that can koozie fits one can and that's it. And the cans are stresses for your dog. So if you have a dog who's a can koozie, one stress in your dog's, it's a hair trigger dog, right? One stress goes in there. The can is one stress, one stressor, and your dog explodes. Maybe you have a lunchbox and you maybe fit two cans in there and then your dog will explode anymore and your dog's going to explode. Maybe you get a six pack and it can fit six cans in there. I don't care what cans or whatever, cans of stress. And if you do more than that, if you try to put a seventh can in there, it doesn't fit and your dog explodes. Um, maybe you have a really solid, calm, stable, temperamented dog, right? And maybe for that, it's 24, 36, you know, 52 Cans can fit in there without that dog exploding. So what the heck am I talking about? Cans are stresses. So what stresses your dog out? Um, pain, heat, cold, um, chronic pain like arthritis, um, hip problems, kidney problems. All of these can be each of them a can. Some of them might even be two cans, right? It might be really bad and, and it might be two cans worth of stuff. Uh Another dog barking, that annoying dog in his face, the fact that he's tired, uh, the fact that he ran around yesterday and he may be a little bit sore, the fact that he didn't get to run around yet and he's got a lot of energy in him. You know, so there's a whole bunch of different things that can be stressors for your dog, just like for you. Maybe they have a headache. Do dogs get headaches? Why wouldn't they get headaches? I'm sure they get headaches. Maybe it's because of a change in the environment because you have people coming to visit you and he's not used to having people coming to visit you and that you didn't give him his walk because you had people visiting you and you didn't give him his walk. Um, what can stress your dog out? Being at the vet's office. Oh my gosh, that's like three cans. But each can is a stress. And for some dogs, it's going to be two cans. For some, it might be one of those half cans that they serve on airlines. And when you get your, to your dog's maximum, and how do you know your dog's maximum? It's going to change. How do you change your dog's maximum that they can hold? How do you reduce those number of cans? Training can help. Oh, help out tremendously because it provides clear consistency for your dog, uh, clear communication, rules, boundaries, uh, you know, an ability to understand how the world works. You know, there's a lot of things that training can do. Maybe the nose work stuff or agility stuff or just training can help increase um, nervousness, you know, not increase nervousness, eliminate nervousness, increase um, self-confidence, you know, so there's a bunch that can be done and there's a bunch that can happen. So say 
your dog was a can koozie. And with training, now your dog's a six pack. Well, that's pretty cool, right? Your dog can handle a lot more stresses before he explodes. Say your dog's a six pack and he's really not feeling good because he came down, he has hip dysplasia and arthritis and everything else now. So he went from being a six pack, now he's a, a can koozie, which only holds one. And you have to watch him. So these dogs, Zoe's cooler is shrinking because she's getting so snarky all the time. So we shaved her today to see if that helps. But like she snarks off at everybody. She's also 14 and in constant pain. And we're trying to keep her around as long as she's comfortable and happy. But, you know, just anything anymore. And I, it's not fun. I don't like that. She doesn't like that. She doesn't know why she's doing it. Um, Django last month, when we went out there, he was probably a 12 pack, right? Like things really were good. But he's also a Malinois puppy who was three months old. So as we were there, he became a six pack. As we were there, he became a lunchbox. We're going to hold maybe two because he was just done. He wanted to run and play. He wanted to sleep for a week on my lap in bed. He wanted to be able to bark a little bit without having to be quiet because we were in a hotel room. He, you know, it, it was just, it was hard on him. But now he's four months old and, you know, he's not only a six pack, he's a 12 pack, maybe even a little bit more because he can handle things pretty well. So the exposure, the socialization, the habituation to the environment helps. <laughs> Okay, uh, but I want you guys to think about this when you're working your dog. My dog doesn't want to go to the dog park, because, or I want to go to the dog park. I want to take my dog to the dog park because that's what nice people do. Nice people do this. But my dog snarks off at other dogs. Should I go to the dog park? No, you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for your dog. You're doing it for yourself. And you have to do it for your dog if it's for your dog. I mean, it's for you. That's fine. Then go to the dog park. Just don't bring your dog because he doesn't like it. It's like saying I am lactose intolerant and you want to go to Dairy Queen and buy me a, a banana split because I helped you move. But I'm lactose intolerant. I can't eat a banana split. And you say to me, I don't care if you're lactose intolerant and can't eat a banana split. I'm buying you a banana split because you helped me move and a banana split is the best thing ever. I'm like, no, it's not. I can't eat it. I can't. I love banana splits. But, you know, you, you need to think about these things with your dog. Okay, it is hard because um, sometimes, you know, one owner, we talk about this today, we talked about this over the week, we talked about this last week with somebody, it's, it's a, been something when I get repetitive things coming up, I make sure I address it to you guys. Um, one owner is the nice one, one owner is the strict one. I can be the nice one, I can be the strict one, right? I don't want to have to always be one or the other, you know, because it's just, it's not fair, it's not fair to the dog. Um, they don't know where, where you're, where they're at, where do they fit in? Um, it's kind of like living with an unpredictable person who might scream at you and, you know, rip your head off or might make you a banana split, right? You don't know who you're getting today. So are you comfortable in that situation? Probably not. Are you like, mm, a little touch and go, maybe you get a little bit like, is it going to be a good day or not? And it happens that way. So remember that, try the... Uh, cooler. How many cans is your dog able to hold? Okay. Um, Cause I'm just, I'm trying to figure out a way that's easy. So you're not like, well, how many cans is this? Like I said, Zoe's in chronic pain. So that's a few cans in right there, you know, or it shrinks and I feel bad about it. Cause I know the dog she used to be. And like, she loves to get pets by people. She loves people, but you know, she's getting snarkier and snarkier. And there's a time you have to draw the limit on that too, especially whenever the dog's 14. Okay. So here we go. What kind of dog is Mac? He's a mix. I think he may be some side of hound mix or Rocky. He found as a puppy, so I'm not sure. He's about 95 pounds. Um, and then Barbara asks, have you tried acupuncture for the pain? It worked well on my last dog. So we have tried acupuncture. Uh, we do laser therapy on her. Um, she has a laser jacket she'll wear. Um, but yeah, one of my trainers who's now that in the military, Kayla, she went to China to learn acupuncture. So she would acupuncture Zoe. Um, we've do, done chiropractic on her. We've done the turmeric. We've done um, adequin, I want to say, whatever the injections are, um, turmeric, um, wellactin and cosequin, uh, anything mobility, any mobility supplement we can find. She limps. When people come out, she's the one that if you've come out to my house, you've said, your dog's limping. She, she limps. She's been limping bad. And it's getting worse. So that's that one. 
But thank you, Barbara. I do appreciate the suggestion. Hey, Lainey. It's been forever since we've, we've seen you. So good. Um, great topic we're dealing with this right now. Vlad is done with traveling and so stressed. So where are you? Where have you been traveling? Um, and, and for that too, yeah. You know, and we were at Jackie's and I could have let him run around a bit. But, you know, he's so tight bonded to me that he was like, I want to be by you, mom. And if you go anywhere, I'm going to make sure I watch you. So like, I can't usually shoo him out of the house because he knows I'll shut the door on him. So he won't watch. So when we, this is a really cool thing there. You ready? This is really neat. When we leave, we have a carport and between the kitchen and the carport, that's part of the fence dog area. So we'll leave and I'll take him out off leash because I keep his, his leash and collar in the car. Um, so we'll take him there and he'll go through the gate because the gate's broken, which is why when people come with their dog, I'm like, don't, don't let him loose because I, I could have chickens free and the back gate's open and I don't want him going out and visiting the cows. So uh, so he'll go through the gate. I'm like, no, buddy, you've got to come over here. And he'll come over and I'll say, you got to go potty because we're going to go. And he will go off and pee, but he'll keep an eye on me the whole time to make sure I don't sneak back in the house and leave him outside peeing all alone. He's crazy. But it's cute that he's doing it on command. Uh, Melissa says, I worry about ivermectin with mixed breeds because certain herding breeds have MDR1 gene mutation that causes possible side effects. My government was actually on a course of it for treatment for Demodex. So with that, Melissa, I have two border collies with white feet, and they both take cattle ivermectin. It's a mutation. I don't know how common it is. I don't think it's as common as people worry about, um, but they both. And there's a test you can do also to see if your dog has that mutation and can't take it and can't handle it and process it. But, um, but yeah, I have two border collies and we do a cattle ivermectin. The vet knows that they haven't had any reaction to it. We've been doing it for years. Um, the cans thing reminds me of the spoons theory. Thanks, Maddie. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But it makes sense. And having that visual, it's better than me saying, your dog is 33% stressed. And when you have this 7% stressor on it, now we're at 40%. And so then if we do this, maybe that's an extra 12%. And you're like, what the heck are you talking about? How are you pulling these numbers out of your, your butt, out of thin air, right? Um, so I want to do a flyer thing on this. So it's that visual that people can read and refer back to. And Lainey says, New Mexico, Dallas. Holy cow, that's a far away from uh, Orlando. How long are you going to be out there for? That's awesome. Uh, so that is my cooler, my cooler info. Uh, I wanted to talk to you today about Nipopo. Ah, there we go. I didn't show you. <laughs> That's Django at 17 weeks and me Popo. So Karen was out this weekend and uh, we were working with a couple clients. Uh, we had group class. We've been introducing the knee Popo concepts in group class. Um, as I'm feeling better or at least able to sit down and direct, um, even if I'm a little wonky, we might be able to get a few videos. I plan on redoing the online courses. So it's set up in the knee Popo way. And what's the knee Popo way is that I can train sitting down and doing nothing. Wait a minute. You're in the wonky way right now. So sitting down and doing nothing is right up your alley. Yeah, it is. So that's what we want to do. So I want to run by real quick the Nipopo and what it is. Really, really quick. So hi, Bonzi. So Nipopo is negative, positive, positive. Nipopo. Jenga wants out. So we have the doors open behind me here. You see how it's open? Um, that's the doggy door. He can go in and out. He wants to eat because he went to the vet. We didn't feed him today. I sometimes forget to feed my own dogs. Um, so he's getting four cups for dinner and he's hungry. And so that's why he's over at this door that leads into the living room. Um, Cause he hears them in there, either putting away the food from Sam's or I'm um, getting everyone else's food ready. And he wants to do it. Uh, Lainey says she's been gone for five weeks and she gets home tomorrow. That's good. Yeah. He needs that. So, you know, Lainey keep today really, really easy for him. Um, keep tomorrow really easy and then plan on like a week of just easy and him at home, just getting back into the swing of things. Cause you know how we get stressed with travel and when family comes to visit and vacations and Christmas and holidays and everything. So do our dogs and some dogs, especially service dogs act like sponges, you know, they stress so much and, uh, and it's just, Wow. You know, like you get stressed, they get stressed and they just, they suck up their baking soda dogs, right? They suck up the smells. Uh, Larissa, if you need Finn for any videos, he's your guy. Thank you. Maybe we could do some videos, Larissa, of him tomorrow. Um, I want to remind me um, when he comes out, we're going to do a green tea bag in the, um, in the jar and a green tea bag in one of the pipes. So it'd be nice if we can get some videos of that. So remind me if I don't 
start recording beforehand. But thank you. I do appreciate it. I mean, that'll be on the service dog course then whenever it's done. So Nepo is, uh, here's the idea behind Nepopo. Are you ready? Because I'm going to Silver School. I, I've signed up for Silver School. Um, we have our room quasi-booked. Karen and I, we're going to drive out there. Um, and what we're going to do is uh, for Silver, he starts it with the same thing. So Silver School. How come when your dog wants something, he loves it and he'll do it with his heart and soul. But when you ask him to do something, he's like, mm, no, I don't think so. For example, uh, your dog is hungry. So he picks up his stainless steel bowl and he brings it to you and he like pokes you with it because he wants you to fill it up with food. But when you try to get him to bring you something on command, he's like, mm, yeah, I'm not doing that. Or your dog's out and he's sniffing up everywhere and sniffy, sniffy, sniffy. And he loves it and it's the greatest thing ever. But whenever you try to get him to smell a tea bag or smell coffee and go find it, he's like, mm, yeah, no, I'm not doing that either. Why? Why is this? Well, why does a dog do anything? That's the first question you have to ask yourself or ask the dog. The dog does it to better his situation or because it's fun, right? So why does he bring you the food bowl? Because he wants you to fill it. Why does he sniff? Because he wants to. It's going to better his situation. He's going to find out about enemies or friends in the area. And it's fun to do. So, so that's why a dog does it, is to better his own situation. So what we're going to do is we're going to take that and we're going to use that against him, kind of. And we're going to create an aquarium to train him in where we can figure out exactly how much distraction is going to be there, what all's going to be there. So we can manipulate the environment to set him up for success. Okay. So what's going to happen is a behavior is going to occur. Just a random whatever behavior. And we can popo it, which is positive, you know, positive, positive, purely positive. We can popo it, we can nepo it which is pressure on release type of, of work, right? Nepo, negative, positive, pressure on, pressure off, Nepo. Nepo, po, pressure on, pressure off. That's the first part, second po. Could be food, toy, fun, pets, praise. Uh, so you can do any of those. You like it, you're gonna po, po it, you're gonna nepo it, you're gonna nepo, po it. And there's more to it than that. You don't like it, you can correct it or you can aversion it. Why do you want aversion it? Because if your dog decides he wants to dig in your yard, you don't ever want him to dig in your yard. Why would you correct it? Well, if you don't mind if your dog barks at me, it's strangers when they come in, but your dog barks at somebody he knows, you might want to correct that because it's okay. It's just not okay now, okay? So here's the problem. Here's what we do is as soon as the dog is getting it, we add in the activation. We want to get that activation in there immediately. As soon as your dog knows it, loves it, likes it, and will do it pretty, pretty reliably, we want to add in that activation. What do a lot of people do? They want to do popo nay training. What is popo nay training? It's the opposite, and it's not good. It's not a mirror image. It's terrible, and it's positive, 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 only positive, positive, positive. Oh, the dog pissed me off, annoyed me. Correction. But you haven't prepared the dog on what a correction is, how to take a correction, what it means. So you end up with a flat dog who is maybe terrified, who maybe pees himself, who maybe runs away from you, who maybe bites you because he's not prepared to take a correction. He doesn't know what the correction means. So that is the difference between popo, nepo, nipopo, and popone, okay? And you want to make sure you're not a popone trainer. Now, I, and we, like, so we use e-collars, we use tools for activation, not for correction only, which a lot of people are really surprised by that. I had a woman who we, we've been kind of in touch with for the last few months, and she wanted to use us for service dog training. Um, she hasn't got her dog. She's not getting her dog probably until next year. Um, but she wanted to use us for training. Okay. Uh, but, well, she just told me she didn't want to use e-collar, prong collar, choke chain, or simply. And I said, well, you know, why? Well, that's just her thing because she doesn't want to hurt her dog. I said, so you think I hurt the other dogs that I work with? Because I do use these tools. Well, she just doesn't want to hurt her dog. Like, wait a minute here. This is not so said. If you don't trust me as a trainer to choose the right tool for your dog, I'm not the trainer for you. So I wish you, you know, a journey, and I hope you find a trainer who you do trust and you do connect with. Was that the right choice? Can I train a dog without using tools? I can. Do I want to? No. Why? Is because I'm not going to get the same level of training. Well, that's okay. The dog doesn't have to be super perfect. He just has to be pretty good. Wait a minute. Weren't we just talking about a service dog? Don't service dogs need to be the best trained dogs out there? 
And if the best trained dogs out there, you're handicapping me on tools, which I don't like. I'm not able to give a correction. At some point, the correction is going to come. And it might be where the dog's on a flat collar, sees something, flips out and runs and gets choked on. That's not what I want to do. Not only that, but the popo training, guys, is going to take 10 times as long. So that means for every one repetition I do, Nipo or Nipo Po, you have to do 10 of them the Popo style. Do you really want to do that? Really? I don't. I don't have the time to do that. I'd rather train my dog new things than to train the same thing for 10 times the amount of time, which means, here's also what it means. Are you ready? This is a good one. I need a service dog ready in a year. Most things. Mobility they can until they're two, which is why we got candy. You can train most dogs to be ready in a year. For service work by the time they're a year old, if you start them at eight weeks old. Popo style, 10 times the amount of time. Does that mean that the dog won't be ready until they're 10 years old? Maybe. Do you want that for your dog? I don't. I want my dog to be the best trained dog out there, and why the heck wouldn't I use the tools that are available to me? I really, really like my... I really, really like my cell phone. Does that mean I want to go back to an old rotary phone against the wall and talk to Sarah like they did at Andy Griffith? No, I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like fun. I really like my slim laptop. Does that mean I want to go back to a big bulky desktop with a monitor that's, you know, two feet deep? No, I don't want to do that. My car, my car is an automatic. It has AC. It has automatic windows. It has a backup cam, which is really nice. Does that mean I want to go back to a car from maybe the 50s or 60s that doesn't have AC, that has manual crank windows, that is a stick shift? No, I don't want to do that. I want to use the latest technology to my advantage, not handicap myself because I have the tie one hand behind my back to train a dog. Not only that, but you're going to get frustrated. You're going to want to give up, and then you're going to correct the dog, and the dog's not going to be prepared for how to handle the correction. I want my dog when they're going to get a correction, guys, and correction might be the evil C word, but suck it up, buttercup, right? Your dog's going to get a correction. Now, have you ever gotten a correction? I'm sure you have. Have you ever gotten that look from someone you know and love that really look you're wearing that today? Or have you ever gotten a ticket? Have you ever gotten pulled over? Here's a good one. Have you ever gotten pulled over by the cops for speeding or whatever? Yeah, you have, right? Probably. Okay. Did you get a ticket from it? Okay. If you got a ticket or not, have you ever sped since then? Well, you got that one correction. Didn't that stop your speeding? It, it, it didn't, but, but it was a correction. Now let me ask you this. If you were consistent with it, if every time you went five miles over the speed limit, your seat vibrated, it doesn't have to be painful. I didn't say shock you. The seat vibrated, a beep, beep, beep. You know that seatbelt beep? That's negative reinforcement. It doesn't hurt you. It's just a little bit annoying. Beep, 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 beep. Put on your seatbelt, silly. So if every time a beep, beep, beep came on that you went above the speed limit, how much do you want to bet pretty quickly? You're not going to be going above the speed limit. You're going to be going at the speed limit like a good little driver would, right? And then what happens is, voila, it's all good. But you need that consistency. And I find I can be much more consistent with an e-collar than anything else, especially with the chameleon because I've got my finger button on. So I don't have the controller in my pocket around my neck or across the room. I have it on my finger. So if Django's being a jerk or Candy's being a jerk or Gypsy's being a jerk or any of them are, I can just hit that. I don't have to do anything. I've actually been cooking and I can hit it at the same time. Or writing something, pause, click it. Or writing something by hand, pause, click it. I can do a heck of a lot with it better than I can without it, okay? Because if I don't have it, it's like, but I, I can't, I can yell at them to stop it. How many of you guys yell at your dog to stop whatever? But it doesn't matter because your dog doesn't do it. Stop it, stop barking, stop barking, stop barking. Don't do that, stop barking. And the dog's still barking. And I'm like, if you can't follow through with it, don't tell your dog to stop barking. So with that, like if you guys heard Rich is feeding them now, or probably feeding ours now, but there's barking going on in there. I can't do anything about it. He's also, this is one of my favorites, and it so aggravates me when he does it. He'll be in the kitchen, say, getting the food ready, and Jenga will be in there. Call your dog. I'm not going to call my dog. Why? Because he's not going to come to me. You have the food. You're getting the food. Why would he come to me? 
he's not going to come to me, especially if he doesn't have any equipment on. I mean, he would with the e-collar, but he's not going to come to me off leash, off collars, just because I happen to call him. And what's going to happen whenever I call him, come here, come on, Django, come here, come on, big guy, where are you? Get over here. Dad's doing something. He's going to not only blow me off, but now come and call doesn't mean anything because I didn't follow through with it. I want you guys to think about these things because they're pretty key concepts. And if you can figure this out, you can be a much better trainer. Um, oh, okay. Larissa says they've been working with T in a jar. He's doing great. Perfect. Um, so what we'll do, Larissa, is um, we will start getting you your samples if you haven't done that yet. Um, Michelle says, or they may never be ready, right? Maybe not 10 years. Maybe they'll never be ready. And if you have a dog who's so dainty that they can't handle the correction, the dog shouldn't be a service dog. You know, because there's way more annoying things that happen than just a correction. Because it doesn't have to be painful. A correction doesn't have to be painful. Like I said, it could be that luck. My dogs know the luck whenever they we have a relationship. And what I need to do with Candy, actually, is Jenga starts needed to be crated. And she needs to start coming out and being tethered to us. To me. Okay. Oh, she, you've already got a few samples? That's awesome, Larissa. Um, Cara says Panda is back to basic look for the look. Can you show how to practice this new popo style? I would love to. Um, actually, I'm gonna upload something. I just came up with it. So if I don't private group, which I don't think you're on because it's a service dog one, um, but remind me and I will email it over to you. And we're gonna cover it in group class. Um, it's what we talked about last week. I just put it onto paper. Uh, Jackie says, I really like to suck it up buttercup, right? So, so you need to figure what is best for your dog, not just for your ideologies, because those are two totally different things. And when I'm out, I want my service dog to be the best trained dog ever. I noticed three things I need to work on with Candy. One is her task work, because again, first time in a mobility harness, go figure. And because of Django, I really have been slacking with her training, which is not fair to her because she's already of age and she's doing really good with everything that it's not going to take too long before she's fully trained up and can come with me as a full-time service dog instead of a service dog in training. So we have that, that we need to work on task training with Candy, especially the mobility part of it. I'll play around with the scent stuff, but for her, the important thing is that mobility. Two is because I can't use Django. I can't use Gypsy because she's too short. I can't use Django because he's too young. He's four months old. I won't be able to use him for mobility until he's at least 18 months old or older, but I can start training him some of the stuff now just so he knows how to do his stance and stuff. But that's the first one. The second one is a restaurant tuck, which means underneath the table, not beside the table, at my feet. So she needs to work on that. So we started that today with a 22 by 22 place and she has to learn to curl up on that place board. And she's going to stand there for a while at first. And remember, we want them to love it and to capture it and to expect it to be their own. So, you know, there's a way we can do it. It could be a little bit boring, but, uh, you know, eventually they're going to love it and it's going to be so much better than us forcing it on them. So we need to work on a restaurant talk because she just stood there when we were at um, the Leaky Cauldron. She just stood there like the whole time. I'd get her to down. And then she went down in the aisle. And I'm like, you can't down in the aisle. You have to down beside me or under the table. She's like, I don't want to. So we need to work on that. And she looky looted another dog. So we passed one other dog yesterday. And it was, it didn't have booties on. I felt so bad for him because this was, as we were leaving the park, probably around 1130-ish. And they were just entering the park. And I'm like, that poor dog doesn't have booties on him. And Musher's Secret, because someone said, well, maybe he has Musher's Secret on in one of the groups. Musher's Secret was developed, guess what the name of it is? Musher's Secret. Guess what they don't have in Florida? Musher's or Secrets, but Musher's. It's developed for cold. Yes, you can use it on hot. If I was going to go to Walmart, I might put Musher's Secret on and then go to Walmart so I don't have to do booties. But I have a disabled placard so I can park at the front so it doesn't matter. You know, it's just a short jump in. Um, I might not put booties on if I'm just walking, you know, up to 50 feet in a parking lot. 55 feet, right? Musher's Secret could go on then, but it has to have time to harden. The idea with Musher's Secret is you put it on their paw pads and it hardens so they don't get cracks or anything. Guess it doesn't happen in Florida. It doesn't happen. It doesn't harden because it's too hot all the time. Not only that, but where do dogs sweat? Hot day, sweaty dog, let them walk on something and you're going to see the paws, the paw pads. They sweat through their paws, right? And they pant. But they sweat through their paw pads. So if you have a wax on there in the heat and they can't sweat through it, wait a minute. 
but can they sweat through booties? That's why I recommend putting toddler socks on to help lick the moisture away from your dog's feet. Uh, so I don't do the musher secret. I do the booties. Um, and I have no idea where I was going with that, but I was. Gosh, I told you guys, I'm blaming it on the neurocardiogenic syncope. Uh, Vicki asks, this would be my first group lesson. Oh, what do I need to work on with her is not looking at other dogs. So it's the task work, the tuck under for a restaurant, and don't even look at another dog when we pass by. Because she was like, but, but wait, it's another dog in here. What's another dog doing in there? And I'm like, you shouldn't even be turning your head. So luckily, we have a bunch of dogs in. So we're going to practice doing up and down the driveway. And she can't look. So it's going to be a focused heel. And because uh, that's not acceptable to me. I must have the best trained dogs out there. My dogs that I have trained must be the best trained dogs in every situation. Because that's kind of the OCD coming out in me. And the ADD and the FKY. And, uh, uh, Vicky says, this will be my first group lesson this weekend. So what time and what do I need to bring besides dog, treat, leash? Dog, treat, leash, clicker if you have a clicker. Um, don't feed them breakfast. Bring breakfast and treats if you want to. Um, I haven't decided... <coughs> excuse me, I haven't decided what all <coughs> we're going to do this weekend. So I will know on Friday what we're doing this weekend for class because I don't have anything written down yet. Uh, so what you can do is watch the email that I send out on Friday morning. And if you don't get it, Vicki, message me and ask just to make sure. But you're doing pretty good if you bring your dog, um, leash and collar, any training equipment that you have, clicker, food and treats. Okay. Time is Saturday at 9 a.m. Classes have been at 10 a.m. on either Saturday or Sunday. Um, but what we found is it is like the devil's armpit, and it's way too hot at 10 to 11. So we're doing 9 until 10. We're doing here at the house that you've been to, Vicky, at the ranch here. Um, and we're parking along the driveway when you enter, park along the driveway somewhere, and then we're working in the front yard because we've got a lot of shade trees. So that's what we're doing. Um, and then Sunday... Uh, we are going to uh, SeaWorld. So I'm very excited. I have never been to the SeaWorld. Last time I was at SeaWorld, I was under 10 years old because it was when we lived in Pennsylvania. We went to the SeaWorld up in Ohio and saw their Shamu. I barely remember it. So I'm very excited. And we'll bring a service dog. And depending on how I'm doing, I'll probably end up in a wheelchair. But we have one. I have to also, number four with Candy, start working her in a wheelchair. So... Um, so she's good with it for whenever I happen to um, to need it. And I'm writing that down, too, because that was one of the things I was talking to our trainer out here on. Sorry, Dizzy. Uh, was um, getting candy used to being working with a wheelchair this week. Okay. So I'm so excited to see you guys and to see how big he's gotten. Um, Michelle says they have dryland mushers, but they do put boots on them. So is dryland mushers that musher secret that um, – wax that you put on their feet. Michelle, is that what dryland mushers are? Because I have booties. I usually do rough wear or Motluck booties. Um, this time I used um, a Motluck one because I wasn't sure how big Candy's feet would be. And, and that was her first time wearing them. I just put it on. And um, we have a couple of them that are able to be sized differently. And then like the rough wear ones with the Vibram soles that I love because they match my shoes. Those ones you have to be cautious with because, um, they have to be sized just right. You don't want them too tight or too loose for your dog. But I, there's a couple pairs that we have um, that have flexibility, and those are more along the Muttlock brands. So I always have a couple of those. Uh, Maddie says, I feel our dogs are always a work in progress, always room to improve. Oh, Maddie, I 120% agree with you. There were things I was working on with Arrow when he died. There's things I work on with Gypsy, but here's the rubs. I have five dogs now, plus every dog who comes in. So a lot of times Gypsy just gets pushed to the side because she's good. She's good with what she's doing, but we like to work on new things too, which is why we were doing leg weave. And I want to do time with her. Well, sometimes her time is just touch my hand and go eat, touch my hand and go eat, go touch this thing and go eat. Oops, I dropped something. Oops, I dropped something over there. Can you get this? One of her latest. Guess what we trained her to do? This is great, guys. We, I told you the dogs who are in boot camp and boarding are in wire crates, normal crates, like what you have at your house, right? But the wire ones, not the plastic ones. And not a kennel, but like the crate. We feed them in the crates in the silver bowls, the boot camp dogs. Sometimes they leave the crate in the back of the bowl. Um, sometimes they leave the bowl in the back of the crate when they're done eating it. And when Rich and Luke take them outside to potty them, 
then they have to come in and like crawl in it or tip the crate to get the bowl out. Well, there's stuff on top of the crate. So it's kind of annoying to tip it and to crawl in. It's really annoying. So like nobody likes to go in and get the crate bowl, right? Guess what she's trying to do now? You send her in there, she'll go, she'll pick up the bowl and bring it to you. How awesome is that? She doesn't even do it for a treat. She'll do it just for the fun of doing it. And that's kind of the end goal with Nipopo is a dog that the reward is in the action. It's not in the getting the treat. It's the, the, the behavior is so rewarding that they love it. And they can have the food at the end of the, the journey. That's their paycheck every two weeks type of thing. But feed your dog more than two weeks. But you, you get the analogy, right? Um, Larissa, should I bring a, a Q-scent sample tomorrow? Yes. Do that. Make sure when you do it, Larissa, that it's double bagged in Ziploc in a cooler with ice. You want to keep it cold and have it out about five minutes before we actually use it. So what we'll do when you get here, remind me because I know we're going to talk collar stuff. And then we're going to do some coffee, some tea, and then we're going to do the Q-tip scent to kind of get him to understand that it means the same thing. Okay. Hope to be there Saturday. I hope so, Maria. We missed you and Cooper this past weekend. Um, Cheryl says I'm going to try to be there, but it's it's hot outside. Oh, gosh. Cheryl, tell me about it. This is whenever I miss having the training center that I could sit the AC to 70 and it was all good. Um, it is wicked hot. So Rich went to Sam's today to pick up our order. And we got a second thing of water. So hopefully I'll remember to throw a whole bunch of bottles in and then um, we'll, we'll put them, we'll have them available for you guys too. If not, it'll be room temperature water, but, uh, but we have, we have bottles of water here now. So we have something for hydration because I dehydrate and then I drink a whole bunch. That's why I usually have one of these. Okay. Um, dogs that run on dry land. Instead of snow. Okay. Marvel does that with the bowls. Yep. Good little retriever. Thank you, Maddie. I got to go, but thank you so much for answering my questions. I'll go back and watch the rest later. Everyone have a good night. Thank you, Maddie. You too. So as you can tell, I'm waning now, guys. So I'm going to go. Um, I will talk to you tomorrow. I have a couple people coming out tomorrow, a couple things to do tomorrow, and hopefully good sleep when the world isn't spinning. <laughs> Super fun, right? If you guys do have any questions, message me. If you message me on here, tag me. Um, sometimes it doesn't, most of the time it doesn't tell me whenever somebody comments after the fact. So if you need my attention for something and you're watching this, just tag me in it uh, or PM me or PM Dream Dogs. Okay, I want you guys to have a fantastic week. If you're local, come to group class Saturday, 9 a.m., 629. I'm the last one in June, guys, and then I get to figure out July's schedule. Yay. Bye.